Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. Good morning, folks. Here's how markets wrapped up overnight. We did get a bit of green on the screen, but just barely. So the S&P 500 inching up 0.1% to 4,782. The Nasdaq Composite adding 0.2%. And we've got the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 111 points or 0.3% to finish at 37,000. 657. So let's check in now with Mark Matthews. He is the Managing Director and Head of Research for Asia at Julius Baer. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? Ryan, I'm very well and you're a good self. Yes, I'm doing well as well. Great to have you on the show again. So it's going to be something to look forward to, I suppose, next year. You've got what seems to be some optimism heading into the new year. You've got a new high for the Dow. You've got the S&P 500 just 0.5% away from its closing record. So all in, you've got the benchmarks on an eight-week winning streak. So how are you reading into what's going on right now? Well, we're in the last five trading days of the year, uh, the so-called Santa Rally, which since 1950 has seen an average return of 1.3%. So uh, it's one of those seasonal times of the year that have been good in the past. And next year, we see the economy growing. We see earnings growing. We see the Fed cutting rates. That's all good, and we're optimistic because of that. Um, You mentioned the fact that we're almost back at a new all-time high. That was on the 3rd of January, 2022, for the S&P. 4796 was the index level that it closed at. And you just mentioned the S&P closed at 4782 yesterday. So so we're basically there. And historically, if you look back, when the S&P makes a new high, I mean, it's a signal of positive momentum. So it, it, it usually rises more. The last 14 times that it made a new high, a year later, in 13 out of the 14, it was higher again, and the average increase was 13%. Yeah, Mark, we've been hearing for quite some time that cost pressures have been rising, which labor costs and all the margins have been under pressure. So what's going to drive the earnings growth? Uh, well, number one, cost pressures are now starting to abate and the um, inflation series that the Federal Reserve pays the most attention to, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, was only up 2.6% in November over November last year. So that's getting close to the Fed's target, which is sort of broadly 2 2.5%. And so I think what will drive it is um, basically just positive sentiment. And on that note, we also had a data reading for November from the University of Michigan, which does a big survey of consumer sentiment. And that went up from... 61.3, excuse me, in November to 69.7 for for this month, December. So that's good. And and the retail sales from MasterCard for the pre-Christmas period, November 1st to December 24th, showed an increase of 3.1% year on year. So I think what I'm trying to say is the, the mood is positive. You've got cost pressures coming down as evidenced in inflation, but at the same time, consumer sentiment and spending are rising. So 
So um, that's what's going to drive the earnings. And I'd look for earnings growth of around 10% next year. Mm. And Mark, we've been talking about AI for a good part of the year. So how much will we see productivity gains coming through from that front? I'm sorry, I missed that, Ryan. Uh, how, how much, much will you see productivity gains coming through from the adoption of AI in, I suppose, parts of business? How much will we be able to see that becoming more significant in the operations? I think a lot, uh, because if you look at the amount that's been invested in data storage capacity this year, it's something like, um, the number escapes me, but something like four times what it was in 2022. So the the big uh, data service cloud companies have been buying all these GPUs from NVIDIA primarily, but um, a few other manufacturers that also make them, these these very, very sophisticated chips, uh, recognizing that generative AI uh, you know, will be adopted, much like, I don't know, the broadband was adopted back at the turn of the century, or smartphones when iPhone came out with their first, when Apple came out with their first iPhone in 2007. So it's going to be one of those big revolutionary things, uh, and it will be certainly revenue and earnings accretive. And, and the fact that so much investment has been made in cloud storage capacity, I think, is the evidence of that. So it will be a big driver of earnings. You're right to identify that. All right, Mark, um, next year is also being dubbed as the year of the great normalization. So how should investors be preparing for this new cycle? I think that if you look back in history, the best thing to own, if you would just want to sleep well at night and not worry too much about outperformance is the S&P 500. And why would you try to outperform something that returns on average something like, you know, 8 to 10% per year in U.S. dollars? And uh, so uh, I, I think if you just own the S&P, uh, let's say the technology doesn't outperform this year. Well, there will be other stocks within the S&P that will outperform, and, and so we'll compensate for that. And so it's really uh, just in itself, that index, um, a fantastic fund manager because it, it tends to push the best companies to the top and the, be- and the worst companies get pushed right out at the bottom. And in the middle, there's a whole bunch that basically get acquired. Um, and so when you, a company's acquired, it's usually at a share price that's higher than market. So I think just owning the S&P is a good way to, to be invested in the global economy, by the way, because over 40% of revenues from S&P 500 companies are from outside the United States. Yeah, there is a lot going on when it comes to how rates might move the markets. Uh, what's your take on where bond yields are right now? I've been looking at it move quite um, dramatically in recent times. Not too long ago, 5%. Now it's under 4%. Two years ago, it was 1.5%. So how much should we be looking at getting into fixed income and bonds next year? I mean, I think that 3.8% is still a, a nice yield for the 10-year treasury. Uh, and if you want to take on some corporate risk by owning uh, good quality investment-grade corporate bonds, you can bring that up to about 5%, which I think is still a, a good rate of return. So uh, in bonds, uh, there are good yields. And um, if we do go back to what you said as a kind of normalization, and so let's say that means 2% GDP growth and 2% inflation mm-hmm. in the United States, then I think the 10-year Treasury at around 3.8% where it is today is is kind of around right. That's around the right level to not be too high or too low in that sort of environment of 2% GDP and uh, inflation. So it does sound like um, it's pretty much priced in. Markets were looking out for five or six rate cuts next year. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the Fed could cut rates and the 10-year could stay at about, let's say, you know, 35 to um, 4%. I think it, it probably already has priced in a few rate cuts next year. You're right. All right. We've been chairing Mark Matthews. He's the Managing Director and Head of Research for Asia at Julius Baer. Mark, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks, Ryan. We've been chatting with Mark Matthews. Stay Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.